Hi, I'm comedian and writer Tim Barnes, and I have a message about storytelling. Joseph Campbell once said, Every myth is psychologically symbolic. Its narratives and images are to be read, therefore not literally, but as metaphors. This is absolutely true about all types of stories, from books like The Lord of the Rings to reality shows like Love and Hip Hop Atlanta and hybrids of the two like Love and Hip Hop Middle Earth. No podcast explores the depths of the power of myth more than Rob Schulte's Vanderpump Rob's podcast. I listen to it all the time, sometimes just on mute. That's how powerful the stories are. So buckle up, folks. It's time to Vander Pump Up the Jam. Previously on Vanderpump Rules. Where'd you sleep last night? What do you think? You think I've got time for this? The two of you together is an impossible situation. Where's the hairspray? Why don't you just use mine? No, it sucks. Yeah, stuff's pointless. Kind of gave you an inside look of how Stassi sees the world. Wait, wait, wait. No, this is a joke. Up my girlfriend, thanks. Thanks for picking up Sassy and bringing her here. Appreciate it. Who else are you gonna do? You're working. I know. That's not what a friend does. For someone who's never really had to work or worry about money, that can give you maybe less perspective. Be an adult. Be an adult. Go get your own damn place. Go make a life for yourself. You don't have me anymore. Welcome to Vanderpump Robs, a sexy, unique recap podcast about Vanderpump Rules, hosted by me, Rob Schulte. On today's episode, I welcome the host of the podcast, Not Skinny But Not Fat, Amanda Hirsch. But before that, I have to recap Season 1, Episode 3. And before that, I wanted to answer some questions from the audience. I opened up the option for people to ask questions on the Vanderpump Rob's Instagram account. But in the future, I'll also answer questions that are asked in the form of a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I think I'm only going to answer three of the questions I got. So let's go with question number one. What's the go-to number one dish to get at Sir? This was asked by Michael. Well, Michael... Later in this episode, Amanda and I talk about the goat cheese balls and the angel hair pasta, which I have to say taste great, but are they built up too much? I don't know, I guess you'll have to listen and find out. Other than that, it looks like a lot of people have enjoyed the grilled skirt steak. I haven't had that yet. But last time I was there, I had the avocado toast, which was really damn good. Like, I've had avocado toast. I've made avocado toast. I've spent too much money on avocado toast. But this was actually a really good portion and tasted great. I paired it with a spa water, which was delivered to me by Danica Dow. She was also great. All right, moving on to question number two. Lauren asks, when is Meemaw's beer cheese going to launch? Well, that requires a few other questions to be answered. First, we must answer, what is beer cheese. Well, beer cheese is a cheese spread most commonly found in Kentucky. 
and it usually consists of sharp cheddar cheese and beer is added to provide flavor and texture. Eat it with saltines or something. What is a meemaw? Meemaw is an affectionate term for a grandmother. So what is Meemaw's beer cheese? Well, it's the beer cheese from Brittany Cartwright and Jacks Taylor based on Brittany's Meemaw's recipe, of course. But if you've never watched all of Vanderpump Rules, you may not know who Brittany Cartwright is. I know, those of us who have watched the show, we're rolling our eyes right now. But those of you who haven't gotten that far in VPR, well, you've got something to look forward to, don't you? Um, the update on Meemaw's beer cheese is that there's still no telling when it's going to launch. But I am taking beer cheese samples. DM me at the Vanderpump Rob's Instagram account. Okay, third and final question for today's episode. What's my elevator pitch to get someone to watch VPR? And this is by an account called The Fish? All right. Well... I would say think back on a clique you were once a part of. Could be at work or school or some activity where you're forced to socialize. Now imagine if someone was doing a quasi-documentary on that social group or clique. Now on top of that, imagine that the documentary was going way off of the rails and everyone was getting paid for it. And they could possibly have a bigger part in the documentary if, uh drama was stirred up. That's VPR. Could I have a longer conversation about it? Could there be more subtleties and a little bit more intricate details? Yes. But that's enough for now. Let's get into the recap. So as we start out, Lisa meets with Natalie about the scheduling at Sir, and Lisa reminds her that all the staff has to manage their own schedule. Lisa also knows that the restaurant is not necessarily her staff's first priority, at least the members on this show. Lisa's not into the drama her staff has, or their scheduling drama, their personal drama, she just wants them to come to work and make a good TV show. But we'll see the drama and the schedule come up later in an interaction with Kristen. And Stassi, possibly. So at the beginning of this episode, Kristen lets us know that she's not like your average girl. She has less makeup products than her boyfriend Tom Sandoval. Kristen's big moment of the episode is a photo shoot with Stassi at what appears to be someone's grandparents' house. At the photo shoot, Kristen met another model that used to live with Tom Sandoval. And Kristen had forgot that in addition to living with Tom, this model and Tom had had relations. How are you not, like, freaking out? Wait, actually, he hooked up with one. Exactly. That's why I said, how are you not freaking out? Because I forgot. And now that Stassi has helped jog Kristen's memory, you can see the tiny spark begin to smolder. It only needs to be fanned lightly to truly engulf the situation. But until then, let's catch up with Sheena. Sheena's really trying hard to prove herself at Sir, the same way she did at Villa Blanca. She needs at least five shifts a week to cover all of her bills. We don't really hear much more from Sheena in this ep, but don't worry, her time is coming. Mostly, this episode is about Stassi and Jax. 
Early on, Stassi meets with Kristen and Katie at the coffee shop. She lets them know that the breakup with Jax was a good move. But her and Jax have broken up before, so everyone will believe it when they see it. Stassi and Jax, they'll break up, and then the next day, two days later, it's fine. So now that they're broken up again, I'm kind of, okay, well, I'll, uh, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I have to be alone right now. In the meantime, Stassi's been hanging out with Frank, another bartender. They end up heading to an event at a place called Supper Club, where the drinks flow and the makeouts happen. Stassi finds out some bad news about Jax, and it's so powerful she doesn't want to work the next day. She gets suspended for a week from Sir, and Sheena gets to take her shifts. So that evening, Tom Sandoval finishes his bartending shift and tries to hang out with Jax after work. He knows Jax needs the support from his friends. But while Kristen's working, she comes out to the patio that Jax and Tom are hanging out on and explains what happened at the photo shoot earlier that day. Oh, God, here it comes. Here it comes. All of a sudden, I'm like, wait, Tom had sex with one of these girls. I'm literally like, I'm like, Stassi, I have to text him. I'm like, I have to know. I'm shooting with this girl all day. Why do you have to know, man? I don't want to. Why? Don't talk. Tom's a little bug-eyed and perplexed. He's like, why do you have to know who I slept with prior to our relationship? And Kristen has a hard time explaining why she has to know. Put yourself in my position. It's uncomfortable. It's not nice to think about. Well, Kristen, you brought it up. Like, why did you bring it up? And why would you sit there and go into depth with her about it? Yeah, I gotta go. You're right. I'm sorry. And all this time, Katie has been communicating with Jax as well as Stassi. But for whatever reason, she seems to be on the side of the relationship, which means she sides with Jax. Katie and Kristen, without saying the words directly, encourage Jax to head to Supper Club and talk to Stassi. So throughout this episode, Jax experiences a range of emotions, most stemming from being defensive. When Jax gets off of work, he has a shift drink at the bar. His bartender is Frank, and Jack spills his guts about his breakup with Stassi. I want the couch, and I want the microwave. That's all I need. I'm a guy. I need a couch, a microwave, and a bed. That's true. See, that's it. You need to stay away from moving in with girls. Later, he finds out through Katie that Stassi and Frank are hooking up, which prompts Jax to head to Supper Club to talk with Stassi immediately. Side note, before Jax gets to Supper Club, we see Frank acting like a drunk asshole, he says things like, Stassi, you and I were going to inevitably get together. <laughs> Maybe I should thank Jax. When Jax arrives, we see the most uncomfortable I want you back moment that's ever been put on television. Possibly. The next morning, Frank drops a bomb that Jax got a girl pregnant two months prior in Las Vegas. But is Frank a reliable source? Why didn't he tell anyone two months ago? Like, Jax is a pathological liar. He's a cheating, lying, stealing piece of shit. Jax got a f***ing girl pregnant two months ago. My first gut reaction was, well, Frank told you this? The conclave of Frank meet to discuss the situation with Stassi and company. They decide to drink all of Jax's Cristal as a statement. When Jax arrives to collect the rest of his stuff, the party is left. 
He opens up to Tom Sandoval about how he's never cheated on Stassi. Hey, don't worry, man. You know what, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Like, uh, like radiation. Looks like things are getting pretty complicated in West Hollywood. Did I miss anything in this VPR episode? Use the hashtag VPROBS and share it with me. After the break, Amanda Hurst joins me from the podcast Not Skinny, But Not Fat. Hey, Brittany, this podcast is made possible by our supporters on Patreon. That's so true. This is a labor of love. We enjoy every show that we create together, but we were able to bring another person onto the team, and that's Jeremy, and we can pay him through the people who give us like five bucks a month over on Patreon. It's awesome. It's amazing. We're so glad to have Jeremy, and we appreciate having supporters like our Patreon members, and we want more. More the merrier. Yeah, it's true. You pay... Seven dollars for Netflix, but you can also pay for any sort of content that you enjoy. Um, this is no guilt to anyone; these podcasts are free. But if you enjoy it for the price of a cup of coffee, you can get us some happiness, some payment to someone who helps us, and bonus episodes. The more patrons we have, the more episodes. We can do. Imagine, I mean, let's come up with a number. Let's just say 6,000 patrons. Sure. <laughs> we would just do episodes every day. It's true. Every single day we would do an episode. I mean, the, just think about that. So I think our, our big goal is 6,000 patrons. Yeah. And let's just say this year, because we don't know what year, what we're counting by, which Gregorian calendar... Uh, we'll start with trying to get 50 patrons. How about that? Yeah, let's just start with 50. Yeah, and then we'll 6,000 will be step two. But the only way we're going to do that is people go to patreon.com slash pinkjeans and uh, pledge their support. That's right. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Vanderpump Rob's. Episode three, you don't know, Jax. You just heard me recap it. You just heard the commercial in between. We're having fun here. And today I've got another fantastic guest. I know you're sitting there thinking, how can the guests keep getting better? Well, they do. I'm here with Amanda Hirsch from Not Skinny, But Not Fat, the Instagram account, the podcast, the brand in general. Amanda, welcome. The brand. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great sunny day. The selfie light is perfect in this room. That should have been your subject line, like in the email. Amanda, there is a studio with great selfie lighting. Instead, I went with, please don't archive this. <laughs> no, Vanderpump Rules is all you have to say to me. I'm there. Yeah, I uh, recently found out in listening to your podcast that you had also just binged the entire series relatively recently and are watching season eight in real time just like me just like you wow that is i know like a year ago i would say one of yeah. my followers was like do, do you watch vanderpump rules and i was like 
no, should I? Which I feel like so ignorant now looking back because I'm a Bravo gal, you know, but for some reason it was like, you know, a side of Bravo that I wasn't into. And you don't even know, like when you're not in it, you're like, oh, the show about, you know, whatever. And then I was like, I'll give it a chance. And then I was like, this is the God of reality television. This is what reality television should be. You know, what other show have you ever seen that has cheating every single episode? Every single <laughs> Every episode. single. Maybe even a couple cheating scandals. Highlighting like the worst decisions you can make in your 20s and turning it into entertainment is genius. Especially the first seasons. Um, you know, now comparing them watching, you know, eight live and even seven Obviously, they're getting a little older. They're still messing up. Okay, (laughs) but messing up in a new adult way. (laughs) Yeah, messing up in a new adult way. But then it was like no makeup, like shitty apartments, no money, you know, and you could really relate on a level, but also not. Sometimes I was like, I don't drink. Should I drink more? Like, (laughs) no kidding. (laughs) Well, I was looking at it uh, when I, you know, first watched season one and I. It was hard for me to understand the pull of it. Like with a a history of Real Housewives, let's say, you can just tune into a commercial and be like, oh, they are living in their own world. But if you didn't have like the backdoor pilot from uh, Beverly Hills or you didn't see any of that, just go in blank to VPR. It's like the idea of the most excited filmmaker of your uh, uh, service industry job being like, we should just turn ourselves into a TV show. And it worked. And it worked. I think it probably took the the money. LVP. Yeah. LVP. New. I heard, you know, that the way it happened was like LVP was doing Beverly Hills. She filmed a lot at Sir, probably. And this is what the cast also says. I don't know if it's, you know, how exact it is but that basically even the producers of beverly hills sort of saw like wait these folks this goes on here like these this is your staff this is and they they did a pilot and it you know and it worked it does it works you know so the in the moments and the talking heads and all of them it seems like especially further on in the series that Those are all filmed afterwards, you know, and they're kind of reflecting back. Now, in these confessionals, it does not seem like they have the benefit of time in this first season. It seems like they filmed that scene yesterday. Jack's put on a jacket, sit in here and (laughs) talk about it. That's true. That's true. So, like, the amount of time that they get to craft their truth, if maybe that's a good way of putting it, seems less than, which makes the, I think... Makes it realer. Makes it realer this first season. And we believe that's why, like, it doesn't even matter, you know, season eight, if they're more grown up, if they have money now, if they have houses, if they get their hair and makeup done and eyelash extensions for filming. We know, like, I feel like I know each of them as individuals. Like, this is for real. It doesn't matter if they had to do pickup shots, which I just learned what that is, which they Uh do. But also, uh, I heard that one of the last episodes of season eight with the with the book in the airport or the book? No, that oh, was awkward too. Tom? No. Oh my God. <laughs> no. No. When uh, Stasi was like, Bo, look at this uh, text message. Uh, send oh, send me. yeah, yeah. That was a pickup shot months wow. later. And I was like, wait, like, no, that upsets me. But then um, I was told like, no, she legit probably had the same exact reaction when it happened. They just couldn't get it on camera. So I'm saying even with all this knowledge that reality TV today might be a little bit more engineered and, and curated. 
I am a hundred percent positive that Jax is Jax. Yep. That Sandoval is Sandy, as I call him. That Stasi is, you know, basically they are what they are. IRL one hundo. I put like all my money on it. They've signed on to the contract. They know what they're doing. I mean, Stasi was in the Amazing Race, and then she was in in the last episode. We were talking about how she was in Queen Bees. Yeah, which never seen which not a lot of people know yeah show me the tapes <laughs> roll the-, the chin before the chin implant yeah. is what we want to know yes she's very honest about it which yeah, i love true. about stassi i think that's great and i think that is something that you wouldn't have gotten in first season stassi mm. which uh also all of these people understand the social contract they're getting into rather than like you said in other shows they can be engineered but they want to try and fool you. Mm-hmm. This is a, a show that provides truth in this weird manufactured world. And I like, love it. Kristen, you know, can pretend to be not Kristen. Yeah. Like, you know, like Kristen yep. is Kristen. We all know her. You know, Stasi says it best about her with Kristen. She's not the girl to be sad and put on makeup and look, you know, yep. like she's not sad. Yep. She's going to look sad. So even on camera, she wants you to know. She wants you to know. She's had a shitty through. day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I respect that. I do, too. I, I kind of do that, too, I think. You know, just know what you're getting into when you first yeah. see me. Yeah, don't <laughs> that, be fooled. That's why I wore my long john pajamas today. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so something I like to ask people on the show, and there is no right or wrong answer to this before we dive into your talking points. Um, do you think Peter's too thirsty for screen time? I didn't used to in the first seasons. This season, eighth season, I feel like that it wasn't good. There's a bit of a stretch on these first few episodes. Yeah, he, you know, him trying to bring up that he hooked up with the new cast member, Dana, and her saying she would have remembered if she hooked up with a pirate. Mm -hmm. And he does seem a little bit thirsty to get some airtime. Understandably. Sure. Imagine being around it, seeing everybody get so much success and you're like here and there, but like not really. And I know that he tries to like do a lot of like venturing on the side. And um, we, I had him on my podcast and told me about a bunch of ventures that I probably couldn't explain to you what they are. I, I remember the brief moment where he talked about being a film producer. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I remember. I mean, the guy is great and he yeah. has a lot of projects. I just think that like he, the ultimate point for this question is that he gets a weird edit in almost every show but not necessarily a bad edit just like oh it's his birthday we see him once <laughs> yeah you know? i wonder like if it's like lisa being like you know here you go peter yeah. like you're a manager now you don't need to be in he's a legitimate manager i yeah. went to sir at the most off time ever okay think, and he too. was there <laughs> like literally empty they even closed um the back like the the lounge area it was not a good day to go the restro that's what they asked when we were putting in our but you know what i wanted to see i wanted to to go to the MF parking lot where they smoked mad cigarettes. Exactly. You can't get to it. <laughs> like that's where I, I want to see the dumpster. That I want to see that table that they chain smoked at. <laughs> you know, that's what I care about. I don't care about eating the freaking pasta. Oh my god, I did get the pasta though. I'm an idiot and didn't get the freaking pasta. Can I tell you yes. a secret? Please. I returned two dishes. Holy shit. This is being recorded right now. Are you I'm okay sorry, with that? VP, yeah. <laughs> She's probably tuning in. I told my followers they accept me still. Okay, good. See, that's that's a whole world I'm getting used to. I know, but the thing is, like, A should have known. B, I think Stasi really made us believe the goat cheese balls were heaven on earth. So I feel like our expectations couldn't have been met. They cannot be met. And yeah. let's be honest, you don't go to serve for, you know, the food. No, it's where you take your mistress. <laughs> 
<laughs> have you been to TomTom? I have. I went to LA and I wanted to do the whole LVP crawl. Um, my husband would have divorced me if I would have completed <laughs> the the whole crawl. But so I just did Sir and then a cocktail at Tom Tom. Here's the thing: I forgot we did go to Pump for one drink. Under Pump what? is cray cray. Uh, it was no one was there oh. when we went, so I was. Fit. We're not partying time crowds, but yeah. still, I would think that more than my group of three. We've been in pump. <laughs> but we got great service. Oh, yeah? Tom Tom was the crazy one for us. Really? It just opened. There. Mm. So I got my matcha gin drink that had like a bunch of flowers thrown in the top yeah, of it. Yeah, flowers and all them. I got like clockwork pink or yeah. something. <laughs> you kind of have to go. You can't just yeah. get like your gin and soda. No, it's definitely a cool place. It's yeah. like decorated, like in this is a cool industrial way. The drinks are all like crazy. I've seen it. You know, I don't need to, let's watch it on TV. Don't need to like circle the next vacation around these restaurants. Yeah, no. Makes sense. Well, how about we uh, dive into some of the points we've brought to the table today? Let's do it. We need to bring out some topic points that are very important in episode three, You Don't Know Jacks. I think we should probably start with Kristen's modeling session with Stassi (laughs) and I, so you bring this to me, but before I let you like go off on it, I think it, this is the moment where we see who Kristen is in terms of like how her emotions can get the better of her. Mm -hmm. Frankly, been there myself, but she's like, she's at a shoot that is semi-professional and sees a woman that used to be Sandy's. I love how you did, adopted that. Yeah. Sandy's uh, roommate? Yeah, and she had a twin. That's right. And Kristen couldn't remember which twin he had slept with. Yes. So Stasi comes to the rescue. Oh, dear. Being the, you know, be that she is, uh, especially in the first season. She has a big mouth. She's not afraid to use it. And she goes like, hey, Cassandra, was it you or your sister that had sex with Sandoval? Terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. Imagine, like, I would be super disrespected. Like, yeah. that girl, obviously, she's like, <laughs> what? Like, I'm naked. What's I'm happening? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, I did, but whatever. It was a long time ago. <laughs> I look different. I had a different nose. It wasn't me. I'm not on a car right now. <laughs> yeah, and then Kristen is legit, probably chain smoking, not filmed. Yeah. Um, you do see the whiffs of it later. Okay. <laughs> she's on like 3,000 Red Bulls and coffee. Coffee, which like is just Kristen, you know, it's she 10 a point of it, too. She's like, I mean, I know I'm feeling weird and I've only had Redville and coffee, but like, <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't she have not been here on this photo shoot with me? I mean, the thing is, like, as an anxious person, like I'm just like putting myself in her shoes and imagining oh. what it's like to be on a few Red Bulls and caffeine at a sh- sh- shoot, you know, and then and then her getting so upset. This chick is there. Is like I'm really like I'm not saying I'm this like cool above it all chick. I can be a jealous little bee. Sure. But like I'd be like, oh my god, that's weird. This girl is here that I think had but like wouldn't confront her. Like, what do you want from her? Yeah, what what is She'd gonna know be the you. end goal here? <laughs> and moving on to when she brings it up to Tom at Sir when he is he is just like hit the clock, having his shift drink with Peter. Peter gets some good time here. <laughs> um and then she's like, so I was at this and blah, 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 blah. And Peter's like, you don't need to bring that up. And Tom's like, yeah, what? I was before I met you. And you just see. Shut up, Tom. She just needs to be 
she needs to be heard that this was uncomfortable, but none of the communication was there to make it healthy. Isn't it so weird to see Kristen and Tom together? Yes. Like after after you've seen all the seasons, looking back, you're like, that seems like a weird ass relationship. And like sharing hair product and like they razors are, for his forehead. <laughs> it's, it's it's for exfoliating. Um, it, it's blowing my mind revisiting those moments for sure. And also their apartments they live in. And also their, you know, headshots and acting resumes and they call themselves working actors and models and it's it's so cute. Man, it's great. I can't wait to, as I progress in this show, to get to the point where Tom reads his poetry <laughs> at the open mic and it's all like George W. Bush era. He wrote this in middle school about <laughs> politics. Uh, it's a memory, but I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to wait until I see it again. And let's move on to this uh, next topic. And I think pretty much one of the big things in this episode is big glowing neon lights called Frank. Oy. Frank is He's rough. And it's hard, like, when we were communicating Frank before this to be like, tool. yeah, like, what do you say about the point I want to make about Frank? <laughs> it's just Frank sucks. I know. I was going to say, I was like, I wrote, you know, I, I, I came in also in mind with things I want to talk about that shocked me in this episode. <laughs> and it's like, Frank, just Frank. And everything within the world of Frank is so malaligned to how we know Jack's and Stassi because they legit also planted Frank they're like oh by the way there's this bartender Frank oh by the way Jax decides to open up to him about his life a night before you know and then he you know tells Stassi Jax cheated on her with the Vegas girl and got her pregnant and yeah. he knows that because Jax happened to be in the car with him when she was getting an abortion but he didn't tell anyone else no one else knew about it and the thing is am I team Jax do I believe Jax cheated trillions of times I'm sure. And I know we're doing uh, episode three of season one, but let's not forget how Frank turns out to be an even bigger a-hole later yep. in the show. Remember he and chose IRL. to get fired. And then he freaking uh, extorted Stassi with a, with a masturbation video. Holy shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was Frank. And LVP paid her him... Yeah. A whopping $900 to not oh release the tape. Oh, my God. So Frank sucks. Frank sucks. <laughs> Everything about this dude. Can you imagine? No, let's not imagine trying to extort someone. <laughs> but then the fact that it's $900. No, I'd literally be like, $1 million. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, at least that. pay my rent. Like, <laughs> God, it fucking sucks. An LVP, like, you know, for her, like, clout. I feel like I'd offer more to then be like, I paid $1 million for you, not $900. No Stassi kidding. could pay the freaking $900 herself. No kidding. He sucks. And there were no, rede usually you have redeeming qualities, you know, even about James when he had a lot of shit going on. It's like, but then he cries and he's emotional and you feel bad for his family tries situation. To go to therapy, you know, <laughs> he tries to not drink for a day. Um, he tries to make good music, but with Frank, it was so one-dimensional. It was five minutes, and he just sucked all around. And that's why I didn't even see what Stassi, like, found in him. Like, Jack, say what you want about him. He's a charmer. Absolutely. 
And even let's put it on the table. Jax was hot season one. He's a hunk among hunks. Like, I love that. Uh, like, what's it called? Like a military cut. I loved his buzzed head. He had less like roids in his system. Chunky sweaters. I was just going to say, wanted to start the sweater line. Remember, Stassi didn't support him. And I could see him being able to manipulate the way he did and and have a girl stay with him for so long, even though he's like just messes up on the on the reg. Yeah. And then, you know, as we pointed out in episode one, like Stasi isn't perfect by any means. We talk about how rude she is, but we do really see Jax's side of fucking up. And we don't see like I think they could have totally been shown the other way and it wasn't. And I think this is great television, but it was not a healthy relationship. No. And is they repeat it every single episode. But goddamn. It, it was a good, good one. And good, she was, good. remember her lines like, I will cut you up, put you in the toilet, reflush you, mix you with poop. Like, yeah. she just had such great, like. I will stab you thread. 80 times in the heart with three <laughs> knives. Yeah. She just had, and then she's like, I'm the devil. And she, I mean, it was such great television, those two. Um, and then you had, you know, Kristen and Tom. And like we said, it was a different, that was just like, again, you kind of eye rolling, kind of cringy, their whole relationship. The fact that, you know, at that photo shoot, she made such a huge deal about it. She got mad at him for something that wasn't his fault. Yeah, that was even that I was telling you like before, even though Stassi and Jax are the main event of this episode, Kristen, her audacity to behave that way about something that wasn't his fault w- was probably the most shocking to me of the episode. I completely agree. It, gave me pause and I had to hit pause and then I had to write down my thoughts about it for this recording because it just was out of nowhere. Yeah. Much like my favorite line of the entire episode. Give it to me. Tom is talking to Jax and he says something along the lines of whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger like radiation. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember that. But it's just like all these one liners that are just like you guys almost know how to make this work perfectly (laughs) but that brings your humanity out and i love it yeah uh amanda thanks for being on the show oh oh this has been great we'll probably have to do another one at some point listen vandy is my baby the vandy pumpies and the fans i'm still trying to figure out what i'm going to call the listeners maybe pumpies who knows Mm, (laughs) that's disgusting (laughs) uh thanks for being on the show thanks for having me yeah would you like to shout out the instagram and the podcast again you said not skinny but not fat it's great way i love it thank you so much thank you talk to you soon make sure to subscribe to amanda's podcast there's a link in the description of this episode if you're a reality tv fan or really just a fan of a good conversation podcast You should definitely check it out. It's now time for the dumpster moment of the episode. Sometimes this is my favorite part, and sometimes it's just the part that made my eyes cross. Today's moment comes when Lisa reprimands Tom Sandoval for Kristen's actions after her modeling shoot. Tom is painted into a corner. Check it out. Aha! Just the person I wanted to see. About? Are you in trouble? In trouble for what? You and I both know Kristen. She likes to be a bit of a drama queen. And the other night, you were here for a drink, winding her up. I don't know what you were doing, but she was all in a tizzy and knickers in a twist. It's I told you, you want to work together, you work by the rules. No, it's just funny to me. It's, it's funny to you because it's not your business. 
It's no, not funny to me. It is my business. Kristen was on the clock. I understand that. I was out in the garden. She came up to me. I even told her. I was like, Kristen, aren't you working right now? Well, then you should just say leave it. I tried to. Lisa isn't that sir 12 hours a day like some of the managers are, but she always seems to hear about every little thing that maybe we wouldn't want her to know about. Don't do it here. Of course. Okay. Alright. Uh, what am I supposed to say? I'm sorry that my girlfriend got mad at me while she was at work for having sex with some girl before we were together. Sorry. On the next episode, I welcome back Leah Palmieri to talk about one of the most infamous VPR episodes to have ever been taped. Vegas with a vengeance. So make sure to stay subscribed to Vanderpump Rob so you get the episode first. While you're at it, tell a friend about the podcast. Leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps out. Remember, independent podcasts live and die by the reviews. If you want to support this podcast financially, head over to patreon.com slash pinkjeans. This episode was produced and edited by me, and the theme music is composed by Jeremy Siegel. I've been getting a lot of positive responses online to the show so far, and I just want to say thank you. Keep the comments coming. Keep the shares coming. You all are great. And I've got another bonus happy hour episode this Friday. You do not want to miss it. Wait, Rob, is that who we're talking about?